0: Lots of people think of networking as a series of handshakes. So, you know, I went to this event and I shook this person's hand, I shook that person's hand, and I met this person. I'm a really good networker. No, you're not. You're just very good at shaking people's hands. (laughs) Um, Some people think about networking as um, business cards. So when I used to work in uh, a law firm in the city, we would um, encourage our junior lawyers to go out to drinks, Um, And quite often on a, you know, usually Thursday night's the night to have a, you know, go for networking events. And you'll see these guys come in on Friday morning with a stack of cards. They're like, I was so good at networking because I collected all these business cards. Okay, so who who are all these people? Do you remember anything about these people that you've got business cards from? No, no, I just collected business cards. So business collecting business cards does not effective networking make.
1: Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow or turn around your business. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha. Today's episode promises to be very exciting, and that's because of the topic um, we're going to be discussing today. Actually, this is from an interview session we had with members of our private community, The Insiders. So we invited an expert in business development uh, marketing and networking to come talk to us, and these are very important topics to anybody who is trying to start or grow a business. Uh, to network, to raise money, you need to network. To improve the sales of your business, you need to network. If you want to start up a business and improve your distribution, you need strategic alliances. That requires business development, marketing, and networking. So we've always had this um, request from our members. You know, let's uh, we'd like to talk about networking. We want to get better at networking. So. We had that chance with Cynthia Lorraine, who is the founder and CEO of LGC Africa. It is a specialist business development firm that focuses on the legal industry. But you can imagine that many of the insights from this um, session, from the interview you're about to listen to, will help you understand important aspects of marketing, sales, business development, and most especially, Networking. She's going to be talking about things like the six S's of bad networking. Essentially, things you shouldn't do when you're trying to network. And one interesting thing I picked up is you're also going to learn why collecting business cards, which happens to be a key skill of many people who claim to be networking, you're going to find out why collecting business cards doesn't actually help with good networking. That was quite insightful for me personally. And you're also going to learn the best practices for networking and Cynthia calls them the A to G. So I found this interview session to be very practical because a lot of the things she said is coming from experience and they are things you can start practicing today so you can imagine that networking, like I said before, is a pillar skill for entrepreneurs and um, I wish you all the very best as you listen to the nuggets of wisdom uh, Cynthia shares with us uh, shared with us during this um, insightful session with her. Happy listening. Okay, so welcome to another session of the Mastermind, the Mastermind Strategy Sessions. The Mastermind Strategy Sessions is an exclusive event of the Insiders Program. The Insiders are a community of entrepreneurs within the African continent and outside the African continent who are at different stages of building their their businesses. And today we have the special honor of um, having um, among us a very experienced uh, business developer. She is originally a... A, a UK qualified solicitor. I'm just going to read out um, just a, a summary of her profile. Cynthia Lorraine is the founder of LGC Consulting and has over 20 years experience at, as both a legal practitioner, a UK qualified solicitor and business development professional. She has established uh, her reputation as an experienced business developer and relationship manager who is, progr- who is proactive, pragmatic and passionate about professional services. That's in terms of marketing and and business development. So it's a big pleasure to have you with us here today, Cynthia. Thank you for for honoring this invitation.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everybody.
1: Okay. So I think the question, the, the, the first question of my mind is, when I told everyone that we'll be expecting somebody who is an expert in business development, I'm sure some people were expecting maybe somebody who has like a long background in sales in maybe consumer products or fmcgs and stuff like that so I'm really interested in knowing how you ended up in business development from a legal background
0: okay um i mean that it's 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 an interesting question i think business development is something that people don't necessarily understand and hopefully I'll kind of get to explain the rudiments of what i do and and how i've you know, how I operate and why I'm, I'm a good business developer. But in terms of the journey, um, I qualified as a lawyer um, in the UK and was very focused on competition, antitrust law. I did that for a couple of years and actually then realized that as much as I loved the, you know, black letter law, I loved the business of running a legal, um, a legal services organization much more. And at the heart of that, I guess, is relationships. Um, So, you know, really being more interested in how you satisfy clients, how you leverage good client relationships in order to grow a business. Um, So, I mean, it's a very, it's a very long story, a bit of a circuitous route, but essentially I decided that I didn't necessarily want to be fully client facing um, in terms of fee earning, but I wanted to be able to engage clients um, in a different way. So at some point, I left the UK, um, moved to Nigeria, worked there for a couple of years. And I think it was really through that exposure of um, using my legal skills, but actually leveraging that to access clients. So I was working for a consulting firm um, in Lagos that was trying to work with international organizations that wanted to establish a sub Saharan presence. And so My British accent was helpful. Uh, My legal background was helpful. But actually what was probably more useful was the fact that I really liked working with people. I, I, you know, I'm I'm good at engaging people. I'm good at getting information um, through uh, the power of listening. So having been in Lagos for a number of years and done a number of roles, I did a a role with a consulting firm and then I moved to Fate Foundation, which is focused on entrepreneurship um, and kind of did a very similar thing there, I then came back into the UK and thought, well, I now have this business management, business focused um, experience and I have my legal background. What can I do to marry the two? And that's really where business development within a legal services context um, came about. So I, I went back into large law firms without you know, doing any of the fee earning work, but actually then helping them to build up um, client relationships, manage client accounts, um, and that kind of thing. So um, so it's been very focused on professional services, but actually the the skills, the principles um, are completely transferable across all industries.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. OK, so at least you've given us some bit of a background. I think this will be the point where usually in these sorts of interviews, I like to introduce some icebreaker question. So we get to know the human being on the other end. And that question is, what is one interesting thing about you that most people don't know?
0: Um, I think, OK, so in, in, in my professional um, capacity, I'm known as a very serious person um, and as a, you know, sort of a very focused, um, yeah, hardworking individual. Probably the thing that people don't know me for is the creative side um, of me. So music is my first love um I took music very seriously at a point so I actually recorded an album and that was released and I was sort of touring the world doing concerts and that kind of thing so it's it's sometimes difficult to marry the two you kind of look at me and think oh this very serious lawyer stroke bd person um but there is a very creative side of me so I sing I songwrite. um I love to do I don't have as much time to do it now but um Yeah, you'll often find me singing in church or, um, yeah, in the studio, writing, you know, writing lyrics, writing poetry, writing songs. Um, So, yeah, completely different, different side of me. And probably most of my professional colleagues wouldn't know much about about
1: that at all. (laughs) Wow. Who would have guessed? Wow. So so now it makes sense because, because, because guys, there's this, um, I, I featured on LGC Pulse, which is Cynthia's own platform. And she sent me this, uh, like, what, a the, the short video. And what really caught my attention wasn't even the content of the video. It was the music, the soundbite at the beginning. It was this kind of jazzy, you know, cool. So I got carried away. I actually watched it like three or four different times. But I was watching it not because of the interview, but because of the song. So now it makes sense that uh, <laughs> there was some professional, yeah, expert touch. Yeah, okay, interesting. <laughs> so, but you're 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 a lawyer on one side. You are a very serious-faced person on one side, and then you have this creative side of you. That's okay. That's, that's quite that's quite interesting. So I think this is why I always say we want to know the human on the other side because all of us have different parts. Yeah. And if we only look at our professional side, it might not tell the full story. So the, that's that's quite interesting. So let's launch into not the legal side of you, mm-hmm. which some people who are outside the legal industry can consider as boring. But what brought us together is that we are in a community of entrepreneurs we are people who, we come up with ideas, we execute, we come up with sales strategy, uh, talent development strategy, um, startup strategy. That's the kind of people we are. So every single time we're in situations where we have to get buy-in from the other side, that the other side can be customers, it can be investors, it can be distributors or suppliers, we are entrepreneurs, we're always talking to people, we're always trying to cut deals and see how we can work together. So, but when it comes to business development and networking, I think these are two very common terms that have been thrown around so much that even these days, I can't quite tell you that I'm confident in my understanding of what they each represent. So what exactly is business developing and networking? And why is it that so many people are just not good at these skills?
0: Okay. Um, I mean, it's a great question and it's an important one because lots of people actually don't understand business development as a concept. So the starting point is actually to, first of all, understand that networking is a subset of business development and business development um, is different from marketing. So marketing and BD complement each other. Um, They're terms that are frequently used interchangeably, but they're completely different things. So on the one side, marketing is all about figuring out how to get the best um, to get your customers to love the products and services that you've created. So it's, you know, marketing, you can think of as brand promotion, corporate messaging, um, client attraction, business development on the other side of things is about building upon the brand. So whatever it is that you've established, be that the brand, the message, It's about finding a way of making the pie that you've established bigger. So I I often like to see marketing and BD as a continuum. Um, So if you imagine a building with a large door, right? Mm -hmm. Marketing is all the activity that's going to attract your customer to get to the door. So Mm -hmm. your PR, your website, your social media, your content marketing, Everything that's screaming at the customer to say, come, come here. Then at the door okay. is sales. Sales is what happens where the customer enters. They purchase the product or the service. Business development is about now creating an entirely different building for the customer who's already there to enter into. So it's about the new market, the new idea, the, but it's, it's tangential to the original platform. So you don't get BD until you've done the sales and marketing. Um, so quite often people mix, mix the two things, but business development would be things like networking, cross-selling, gathering client feedback, analyzing data, internal reporting, um, so, you know, marketing is much more obvious. It's, it's really getting clients to want to buy something. And it's about generating interest in that shiny new thing that you have. But business development is a lot more subtle. It's about making connections. It's about, you know, analyzing the information that you have. It's about seeing what you've missed. Um, and I think the reason that people aren't good at it is because it is not obvious. It's the thing that is not very subtle. I mean, it's, it's the thing that is so subtle. So it's the part that people miss. And frankly, it relies a lot on a skill that many people don't have, which is listening. Because BD at the heart of it is about relationships. Um, so they are very, very different things. I have found over the years that I have to run courses where I explain, you know, to my professional service clients, what the difference is between BD and marketing. Because people will often just say marketing and BD as if it's one thing, but they're entirely different things. So if you think about that building with marketing being the thing that brings people in, but BD is a thing that creates a vision for the, the next building. You know, what is the, what, now I have these clients here, I want them to stay, but I want them to see other things. So those would be the, that, that would be the demo.
1: Wow, wow. So I, I think that picture you've just put in our heads will be very difficult to, To get rid of, you know, the whole idea of there's a house, there's a door, come to my door, that's marketing. Okay, come into the house, that's sales. And then when you're inside the house, what other things can I sell you? Now, what you've just said has opened another interesting kind of worms because we have a lot of businesses that are sitting on clients who they currently serve. Mm -hmm. They are satisfied, they are selling them one product. But from what you have said, it looks like the next step is where business development comes in, where, okay, you have bought this product or you've been buying this product from me, from me for the past three years. What next, right? So that's a very in, in, important part. I need to mention here that the questions are coming in. Please type in the questions in the chat as they come in. Once we're done with the conversation, we'll start taking each of the questions and I'm hoping Cynthia will have enough time to address um, each one of them. So I think I, I want you, the, the point I'm making is I want to see how you can make the connection between what you said and the present problem that many of us have, where mm-hmm. we have customers who are currently serving. But then business development is a question that asks, what more can I sell these people? How much more can I extend this relationship? In yeah. your experience, how does that typically work?
0: I mean, I think, okay, so the, the, the key thing is to not necessarily think about another product or another service, okay? Because sometimes when we... When we hear another building, we think, okay, I've got to, I've got to come up with something else. Like I'm giving my client this one thing now I've got to think about something else. Sometimes it's simply about a new way of working or, you know, a different approach. So, you know, sometimes business development is about a new market or a new product. um, But sometimes it's also about achieving efficiency, even in the thing that you're delivering. Now, in answer to your question, the bit, the best way to business develop is to listen is to ask. It's the thing that people miss the most. So like you said, you've been servicing a client for three years and you're trying to figure out what next. My go-to is always ask the client. You know, so few people um, focus on client feedback. So few people sit down and have a system for regularly engaging with clients and asking what's worked, what's not worked, You know, what else is there? Like we have an actual toolkit that we um, have created to help people ask the right questions because listening is predicated on, you know, getting the right information. And in order to get the right information, you have have to ask the right questions. So sometimes it might be that you don't necessarily know the questions to ask and you're just asking the really obvious things. But the listening piece is really, really significant. Asking clients to give you feedback, not just on the things that you've done well, but more importantly on the things you haven't done well. So what, what, you know, what do you like about this service? What is it that, what, what don't you like? What do you see others doing that you wish we could do? Or do you have any thoughts on other ways in which we could service you? And that might seem like, well, why should I be asking my client that? Surely I should have the answers. But, it, you know, if you have the relationship with clients and you begin to engage with them, you'll be amazed what you can find. I mean, a lot of the ideas that I have in terms of, the next thing to do. So at the moment I am, we're in feedback season um, with a lot of our clients. We've come to the end of a project. Um, I have a few ideas on things I think the client should be focusing on, but rather than impose my views on what I think they should be doing, I spend a lot of time um, sitting and having one-to-ones and just asking them really candidly. Um, so I would say that, that you know, the biggest secret, and it really shouldn't be a secret, is to be able to ask questions and and really listen to the answers.
1: Ask questions. It's it's uh, quite interesting how many times that keeps coming up, because even with marketing, you have to ask questions. While you're developing the product, you need to ask questions. While you're trying to grow the company, you need to ask questions. So I think it's that common thread that runs through the entire journey of starting, building, growing, expanding the business, or even turning it around. So the interesting thing would be, is there a right way to do business development? And I I think when we even talk about business development, when I speak with entrepreneurs, these are very two big buzzwords, but somehow I think networking is a bigger buzzword than business development business development some people tend to understand it from a strategic level which is what it's supposed to be right but some people feel that they are not doing enough networking that the reason they are not getting enough customers or the business is not growing is because they are not networking how does networking feed into business development and is there a right way to do it
0: okay great question so networking as far as as far as i see it my understanding networking is a tool within your toolkit for business development. It is one of many things that you could do. Now, it is an incredibly effective form of BD. At its heart, networking is really about building reciprocal relationships with people that you like, people that you admire, um, people that you respect, okay? It's about establishing and nurturing relationships that are going to be mutually beneficial. So in my mind, you know, networking actually sits within marketing, but it also sits within business development and they are different. There are different approaches. So networking is effective in terms of being a part of marketing, but when it comes to business development, networking is essential. So, you know, you can network, you can market and use networking and it's useful, but when you're doing BD, you have to network. There's no, you can't do business development without the network. So that's, That's the that's the the kind of the starting point. Now I to distinguish between the two, I guess when you're networking in a marketing context, it's all about that creation of desire. So you know we talked about the brand promotion, the corporate messaging. You know, there's a different when someone is networking and they're selling you something, there's a very different feel. It's about creating desire. There's um you're driven by a pull, you're trying to pull someone towards something. But when you're networking in the business development sense of it, it's a push because what you're trying to do is you're creating, you're trying to create acceptance. So it's less about sort of self-promotion and look at my thing. That's where the skills of listening, understanding what this person might require. um, You know, that's, that, that's how that works. So for me, effective networking, um, true networking in a business development context really relies on reciprocity and it really relies on a huge amount of generosity. You know, if you are simply networking for what you can get, that's a form of networking, but it's not, it, it, that's not what's really going to get you people into the, the new building. Um, so I I like to look at um, networking in, in a number of guises and I kind of have a, an A to G of things that I, um i used to sort of focus on the right way to do it and then i have a couple of things that I, I i'll focus on in terms of these are things to avoid um so maybe i should start with should i start with the things to avoid
1: please please go yeah. ahead yes I okay. think
0: okay so i tried to note some things down so i didn't miss anything so for me there are there are about six s's when it comes to networking that is not correct okay First and foremost, in terms of networking that is is not cool, self-promotion. If your networking is all about how amazing you are and how wonderful, you know, you're just talking about yourself incessantly. It's all about me and, you know, what I think and what I'm doing. That is, that's really selling. And that's networking in a marketing sense, but it's not true BD. People like talking about themselves, you know, we all do. So if you imagine a conversation, if I walk into a room and I'm just talking about myself, well, you're not giving the other person any space. So networking that's based on self-promotion, not effective. Networking that is based on schmoozing, which is an American term for, you know, flattering, almost being manipulative, saying the right things. It comes across a little bit phony and insincere. No, lots of people see that as net, you know, you, you're saying the buzzwords and you're kind of trying to make this person feel good, but there's no substance to it. So that's not that's not good networking. Again, networking that is short-term, not effective. So networking has to have a vision for the future. You know, it isn't about that one event. It's not about the one time I gave you my card and it's all over. There has to be some longevity. There has to be a focus on long-term. Relationships. Um, lots of people think of networking as a series of handshakes. So, you know, I went to this event and I shook this person's hand, and I shook that person's hand, and I met this person. I'm a really good networker. No, you're not. You're just very good at shaking people's hands. <laughs> um, some people think about networking as um, business cards. So, when I used to work in uh, a law firm in the city, we would um, encourage our junior lawyers to go out to drinks. Um, and quite often on a, you know, third, usually Thursday nights, the night to have a, you know, go for networking events. And you'll see these guys come in on Friday morning with a stack of cards. they're like, I was so good at networking because I collected all these business cards. Okay. So who who are all these people? Do you remember anything about these people that you've got business cards from? No, no. I just collected business cards. So business collecting business cards does not effective networking make. Um, and then the last the last S that I like to sort of use as my these and this is not networking seniority being focused on only talking to the most senior people in the room or having this belief that it's only the ogre, it's only the big boss um, that should be focused on networking. Absolutely not. My firm belief is that people should be networking from the get go. The more junior you are, the better, because that's really if you think about networking as being about long term relationships, the earlier you start, the better. So everyone has a, a role to play, you know, even even school kids. So I encourage my children to network, you know, during the summers. I will send them out to social events and, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage them even at their young age um, to understand the value of networking. So that those are on the negative side of things to not be doing when you're networking. What does good networking look like? I think the first one. so I'm going to do this as an A to G. So A is authenticity. OK? Um, really good networking requires you to develop your own unique style. Lots of people will mimic other people and think, you know, well, I, you know I saw this guy, he's really gregarious, he's a great rainmaker, he has all the chats, he knows how to talk. That's good networking. It it's not effective if if networking if you are not sort of able to converse with people and connect with people in a way that is authentic to you, then it's ineffective. So I really do believe that effective networking requires people to develop their own style um, and to think about what makes them comfortable. And in order to do that, um, I focus on B. So my B is be clear on your values, your passions, and your superpowers. Your values are the things that they, you, things that you value, the things that impact how you feel, how you behave, how you react. So your operating principles, you know, everybody has values. You really need to sit down as a business owner and figure out what is important to me, what is important to me in the context of business, what is important to me in the context of my personal life. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with effective business development? It goes back to point A, which is Authenticity. Because when you're operating from a place of your values and your passions, so your passions are things that set you alight, things that, you know, energize you. When you come into a room and you are clear on what your values and your passions are, that makes you incredibly attractive without you realizing. So you can tell a mile off when someone is just not being, you know, they, let's say you've been invited to a drinks event and, you know, you're like, okay, I, you know, I have this product, I'm an agripreneur and I really want to push my, you know, business, but you come in and you're not sure about who you are. You're not sure about why you're there or what you stand for. People can see right through that. So I think it's really, really important to be clear on your values and your passions and then your superpowers. And I love this. Everybody has a superpower. Your superpower is the thing that you are good at that you, it, it takes, you no effort. It's the thing that comes so naturally. It's intuitive. Um, When you have an understanding of what your superpower is, that again is incredibly energizing. So you might accept that your superpower is not networking. I may not be the best networker in the room, but maybe I'm incredibly good at remembering things, remembering information or listening or connecting dots. So for me, my superpower is connecting information. I see myself as an information conduit. I can literally hear one thing in this space, and make a connection over there. And that's really how I've made my money is by being an information conduit, by being someone that brings other people together. But it took me a while to figure out what, what, is, you know, what is my superpower? What do I like doing that just comes naturally to me? So I think being really clear on those three things is, is an incredibly part of being an effective networker. The other thing I'd say is consider the other person first. So if you remember before I said networking is about generosity. Lots of people when they're networking they're thinking about themselves. But effective networking is about the with him test. I don't know if you've heard with him so with him is what is in it for me? From the other person's perspective, why would they want to speak to you? Why would they want to spend time with you? What is in it for them? You know, so you really need to think that through. So again, before I engage in networking I will do some research on the people I'm going to meet. So let's say it's a conference, you know, we all go to conferences or we all used to go to conferences before COVID before going to a conference, I will try and find out things about, you know, first of all, I'll figure out who is it I want to meet. So I don't, I tend to avoid conferences where um, it's not going to be obvious to me who the people are going to be in the room. So usually I'll always, you know, ask for a mailing list, call the organizer of the conference and ask for a mailing list and figure out, okay, of the, 500 people in this room, these six people I need to get to know today. And this is why I want to get to know them. You know, this is the interest. So first you come up with, you know, the people that you want to get to know, and then you consider some conversation starters. I want to speak to these people and I want them to engage with me. What do I need to say to get them interested in me? Because quite often people just go into networking completely unprepared okay, I need to network, I need to network. And then there's a sort of anxiety. Okay, well, what do I say? But this is all about being prepared, doing your homework. So thinking through who do I want to meet? What do I want to say? What do I want them to say? So really planning ahead. And and the things I like to think about in terms of conversation starters would be just asking open questions. So you've just heard me say, people love talking about themselves. So a great way to start dialogue is, you know, what, what brings you to this conference? Or what is it that you do? And then you you have to sh- literally act like you're interested. So um, lots of people don't enjoy networking and are not good at networking because they're not interested in people that, I mean, literally it's, I need to know this person for what they can do for me. Um, and so it's all focused on that. Whereas if you spin it on its head and you focus on, well, what is in it for them? Why would that person want to speak to me? You know, what are they going to get out of it? And how can I demonstrate to them that I have a genuine interest in what they have to say? So that would be C, consider the other person first. Um, Also, don't hide online is D. So lots of people, particularly now post, well, in, in this COVID world that we're living in, now believe that it's all digital. Networking is about, you know, sending a LinkedIn connection. I've done my networking for the day. Or, you know, sending an email. That's it. No, it's about, you can't hide online. You have to wait. ultimately pure networking is face to face. And hopefully once people can travel and, you know, get back to seeing each other, those will be things that we begin to um, get involved in again. I don't know how many of those um, within this mastermind, you know, are able to get out, but that the best part of networking is actually getting out there and speaking to people. You know, facing off on people. There's an we're, we're, as humans, we are just an incredibly exciting, um, you know, composition of emotions and um, skills and attributes. So to me, you know, why wouldn't you want to go and meet people and learn about people? Um, the E, which is my favorite part of networking, is enjoy the experience. So I think what makes an effective networker is someone that likes people, someone that is curious, they want to learn, they're positive, they present themselves well. You don't want to network with someone who literally looks like they just rolled out of bed and, you know, they're chewing gum and just, you know, making no eye contact. Do, Do you know what I mean? When you, when you walk into a room, the people that you're drawn to are the people who are really interested. So for me, you know, when I'm networking, I will you know, quite often, pump myself up before I go into a meeting, almost like I'm going into a boxing match. I'm listening to my favorite song. I'm, you know, I'm feeling the energy. And so when I arrive and I meet, hi, my name's Cynthia. It's great to meet you. What brings you here? Why wouldn't you want to talk to me? Because I'm excited. I'm excited, and you're going to feed off my energy. You know, so these are all little subtle things that um that people quite often miss when they are, you know, considering considering the networking or considering how to how to prepare for a networking event I think uh, two more things that I would kind of throw in would be facilitating intros so that's my f facilitate introductions so cross fertilize your connection so when you're networking don't always just think about you and that individual think about other people so for example you know within this mastermind let's say Let me pick on some names. So let's say Sasha comes to a networking event and he meets, you know, this really interesting uh, gentleman um, who is, I don't know, an accountant. But actually, Sasha doesn't have any need for an accountant. The guy seems pretty interesting, but, you know, not not relevant for him. Rather than just moving on and thinking, well, not so much for me, you can then think about, well, who might this person be useful to in my network? Because that in itself is very effective networking, you know, thinking of who else, who else is the, are these connections going to be useful for. Um, and then the, the well, actually, another F probably is follow up. So making sure that after every engagement, you follow up. I gave you the example of the, the, the young lawyers that used to come back with you know, tons of business cards. They've made no notes they don't remember who the business card belongs to. They probably told the, you know, the people they networked with, they would do X, Y, and Z, and they never did. That is a, that is a killer for networking. If you promise something, or if you say you're going to do something, please follow up. Cause that again, speaks to authenticity. It speaks to being genuine. Um, and people will remember that. So quite often when I go to Um, networking events. If I'm giving a business card, um, if I'm sorry, taking a business card, I'm quickly going to write down something on the back of the business card to remind me of something that you said, okay, this guy told me he has three children, or, you know, he told me he's based in Tanzania or whatever it is, just as a ready reckoner. And then maybe a note about what I said I would do. Even if, even if all I said was, I'll look you up on LinkedIn or I'll send you some information or whatever it is. So the follow up is really, really critical. And then the last um, point that I just will quickly share on the right way to network is give, 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 give and give again. Okay, networking is about leading with value. Give value before you ask for anything. It's the most effective networking trick there is in the book. You completely disarm people when you give them something before you ask. I never go to, I never network with people and come with the, I'm here and I need you to introduce me to X. No, never. I'm always thinking about what is it? Can I, what can I do for you? And once you do stuff for people, it's so much easier for them to then in return, sometimes without you even asking, give back and that's really where business development becomes effective because it's all about that give and take it's about the reciprocity so there are lots of very easy ways to do good networking there are lots of easy ways to do networking in the right way and and it can so easily go wrong Um, so I've given you quite a bit of information there hopefully that's useful and maybe there, there might be some questions from some of the things I've just said
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. I think um, I think the best part of this is how easy it will be to remember this after now, because you've given us like some mental guideposts, right? Mm-hmm. The A to F and then yes. the, the six S's. And yes. I'm taking some I'm taking some serious notes here. So let's put it in your context. Right. Yes. Is there any interesting experience you've had where um you've you've deployed some of these tools maybe it was an unlikely scenario, maybe it was a a situation where you didn't really kick off with the person initially, or it was a difficult one. Just one of those experiences that was quite interesting. How did you pull it off? What lessons did you learn from it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have so many, um, so many examples, but the one I think I'll use is around seniority. So, you know, sometimes when you are networking with people, you can believe that if somebody is more important or more senior than you or more experienced than you, they have no interest in you. You know, I was saying networking is about sort of connecting with people that you like, respect and admire. So I've had lots of situations, but one one in particular with um, someone that I really admired, someone who I looked up to, someone who'd been in the game um, a lot longer than me, was very established um, in our circles. And actually, this person interviewed me for a job. Okay, so you can think, well, how do you go from being interviewed for a job to then networking with this person? So, you know, the person interviewed me. um, I think I came across quite well. Eventually I did get the job, but ultimately they were a a boss to me in a way. But I was so determined and so interested in forming a relationship with this person that every so often, you know, I'd just check in. I would send information. You know, I saw this and I thought of you. Um, you know, I read this, you know, I read this article and and I thought might be interesting to you and I'm sure they probably thought, what's what's this girl up to? She's already got the job, you know, just relax, get on with your work. But over time, you know, for me, I was really just determined. I want, my ultimate goal was I want to work with this person. I don't just want to work for this person. I want to partner with them. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I began to just share information and then I realized that the person was quite interested in maybe offering me some sort of mentoring. So what I did was I started to make myself vulnerable. So rather than being, you know, very assertive and very confident and just saying, you know, I'm great at what I do. I opened up to this person with a challenge I was having. Um, and yeah, just shared some of my pain points and just said, you know, these are things that I'm, I'm finding difficult. I would really value your advice. Simple. And it's amazing, John Paul, that one conversation completely changed the course of our relationship because the person felt empowered to be able to offer me this advice. I felt, you know, I mean, I valued obviously what they had to say, but over a period of um, months, basically from the going back and forth it transpired that we had a mutual interest in another opportunity and actually we now do work together. So this person went from being someone that, I, that interviewed me um, to someone that offered some sort of mentoring to now being a business partner on a venture. On a venture. So, and that's all through the power of networking because I was invested in the relationship for the long term um, you know, and I, and I took the time to understand what it was that I needed to do to connect with that person. I could see that if they felt that they could really speak into my life and into my business, that would then open doors for other things. So, I mean, I kind of summarized the story, but that for me is, you know, one of very many, um, opportunities that have come up. And I, and I think one thing to be aware of, certainly what I've learned is that there's no one that is so senior that you cannot network with them. Sometimes you sort of think, oh, my gosh, this person is just too important. You know, I need to network at my level. It has to be peer to peer. And, and I, I've definitely disproved that in my own life. There are some people who I've met and thought, wow. And then I have thought, OK, yeah, wow, that's my initial reaction. But this is still another human being. And so I can connect with them on that human to human level. Um, basis, but I do think that it's really important to understand that networking specifically and business development more broadly is long term. None of this happens overnight. You know, it really is about investing
1: over the, over time. So um, I, I think you put that really nicely. We've come up to the mark where we have to uh, take a couple of questions. Interestingly, you've woven many of the questions already penned down for you in your responses. So I like how it's flowed organically, especially to your last point. I have a question here from gwandu mm-hmm. uh, Gwandu is based in Botswana and he's asking, how do you, using your principle of looking at the other person first, yeah. how do you network with somebody who is much more successful, bigger, better? And from the, from the position where you stand, you don't necessarily see anything this person may want from you. How do you walk into such a situation. And I can easily see how this can happen if you want the person to be an investor or is a bigger company and you're looking for a strategic alliance. But essentially, they are bigger, they are better, they look like they have everything you would have ever wanted. What could you possibly give such a person?
0: I mean, it's it's something that we all face. I think it's not as it's about not just saying, you know, maybe there's something I have to offer. Maybe that person would be interested in just mentoring you. So it's not necessarily that you have something to give i think you you almost have to also see some of the intangibles in things that people want ultimately we're human beings so let's say you know someone might be a very successful you know entrepreneur and you're looking at them and thinking well, what do i have to offer in that kind of a situation i would first of all i always research i always find out you know what what things interest people what are the commonalities so if i was going to go to an event where i was likely to meet this person i would try and make sure that i have something to talk to them about you know, it might be something as simple as their family. You know, maybe maybe, maybe our commonalities, we're both from Botswana. And, you know, or maybe we're both in this industry. So yes, this person is far up there and I'm down here. Um, I would then be saying, you know, what I would, this is who I am. This is, I feel like I don't have actually anything to offer, but I'm really interested. I'm really interested in finding out, you know, how to learn from you. Now, you might that all it it almost sounds like that's an ask. But it's a give because what you're doing is you're giving that person an opportunity to share their story. So, you know, like I said, people like talking about themselves. They like sharing information. So I think if you position it in such a way that you're really giving this person a platform to maybe give you some information or there are it it really depends on the circumstance i think it really does depend on the circumstance but i wouldn't always worry that the thing is the thing that you're giving is a tangible you don't necessarily have to give them something it might be that you are providing them with an opportunity or you're providing them with an emotional connection um but you'd be surprised you'd be really surprised i mean the um one of the most senior judges in the land here in the uk has become a really good friend of mine And that's not something I ever would have imagined because, I mean, this person qualified as a lawyer 20, 30 years ago and is now, you know, one of the most senior um, judges in the UK, works with the UK government, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying to remember how we kind of started the conversation. I mean, I think it was probably something quite similar where I was sort of, you know, just wanting to learn. So I really don't have anything to offer you, you know, Madam X, but... I would love to learn how you did X, Y, and Z. And that provided an opportunity for a conversation. So it wasn't that I had anything to give because quite often we don't have anything to give, but I think being authentic, being yourself, being honest, um, if there is something that you have to give, then absolutely. But if you position it so that you're thinking about that person, so you're not just going with the begging bowl. Okay, please, 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 I need, I need, I need, I need, um, you know, there's, Mm-hmm. There, there are different ways of, of sort of ad- adapting the approach, if that makes sense.
1: Okay, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, so we have a question here from Sasha, and he's saying, I get this quite a lot. You have you appear as a guest as a guest speaker, or you attend a conference, and then one of the keynote speakers or the people up there on stage is somebody who is in a position where you think that you can benefit from some sort of relationship. So the question is: you represent LGC Africa. And yeah. somebody in this forum wants to network with you after this event. Let's let's take the very practical now. If yeah. all of us tried different approaches, which would include emailing you, reaching out to you on LinkedIn, I'm not sure, stalking you, let's put in everything there. Yeah. Which of the options do you think would eventually carry the day?
0: The person that, okay, the, yeah. I mean, it's a very easy one. The person that sends me something that piques my interest. So the person who's understood what my business is about and then really simply maybe they went and found an article and they said, you know, I know that you're in, you know, your Africa focused professional services. I read this article. I really enjoyed what you were saying about networking. And I just came across this and I thought that would be of interest. Now that person has given me something. I don't need the thing they're giving me. But it's the thought process It's the fact that they didn't just come and say, "Ah, I just want to talk to you. I just want to get to know you. (laughs) I just want to be, you know, no, they've actually gone and done something that is incredibly powerful. Because what it shows me is you're you're genuinely interested. So, I mean, just even going back to the previous question, that can be the give. It's the simplest thing. I mean, I do this all the time. So when I meet someone and I hear them talk about something, I'll go and do some research. I'll find a report or I'll find a survey or I'll find a, you know, and I, and what it, what it shows is interest, commitment, investment. So the thing that would get my attention would be not the person that writes to me and says, hi, Cynthia, I really enjoyed your session. I want to get to know you more. That's not going anywhere. It's more likely to be the person who says, you know, really enjoyed your session. And I went off and I read this article in the guardian um, and I thought, you know, I thought you'd be interested in this because this is something you spoke about. Ah, OK, now you got my interest. Now now that's piqued my, you know, my interest in having a conversation with you for sure.
1: OK, so thank you very much. Thank you very much for the way you address that. I, I have two questions here that are somehow connected. So I'll try to um, combine the two of them and then throw it to you to address. Okay. One of our members, Deo, is in the textile sourcing industry. She's also based in the UK, but she wants to be like a representative for many of the big brands that are in Asia or or Europe, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, She wants to be the representative on the African side, helping fashion designers, retailers, and all of them source fabrics. So she's done a good job of identifying where all the um, influential people in that industry are, which would be an exhibition event, an upcoming one, which is happening. Another person on this forum has asked the question, which is, How do I find, this is from Sasha, how do I find places where I can network and find the kinds of people that are of interest to me and my business? So the connection I'm trying to make is uh, one of us, Dayo, has identified such events, which she thinks is an exhibition. So, But the question Dayo is asking is, if she shows up at that exhibition, she is a nobody, she's trying to start something. These are people who underappreciate the power of uh, of the African market and the emergence of the market, yes, they are the exhibition to sell. But if you say you're from Africa, they might not really look at you as seriously as they would somebody from Australia or uh, or the or the East or Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. If she she's a budding company, she's she's a startup. What does how does she have to position herself, or what does she have to do as mm-hmm. she approaches that event? And are there any tips you have for her?
0: Okay, I would say, I mean, preparation is key. So. Does Dale have an elevator pitch? Does she have a clear script where she has clearly thought through who she is, what she wants to what she wants to say, and how she's gonna deliver that? Because it doesn't matter how insignificant you think you are, this is all about presentation. You gotta almost fake it till you make it. So, what is it that you want? What is your message? What is your message? I would be less concerned about how you think that message is gonna be received. I would really invest some time in thinking through from the from the recipient you know from the person that's hearing it what is it that that is going to be of interest to them why why is what you do relevant to them so may, maybe you're the only african in the room and so you're saying to them i can help facilitate introductions i can help i can help with research or i can help you know show you something you didn't see before whatever it is but i think having a really clear elevator pitch that you can articulate Walking into the room without being prepared or being overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, there's all these people and I want to speak to every single one of them you know at the beginning, I was saying, I always before every single conference and I do it religiously, I will narrow down the list of who they, these are my must connect with people. So if I'm going to a conference with 500 people, the reality is I'm not gonna be able to speak to everybody and if I try and even speak to twenty or thirty people, I might be like a you know Floating butterfly all over the place. Hi, I'm Cynthia. Hi, I'm Cynthia. So, no, what I do is I have a list. These five or six people I must connect with. And this is the basis on which I'm going to connect with them. So, I will look them up on LinkedIn. I will Google stalk them. I will come up with just a really clear understanding of what they do, what they're interested in. And I'll have a conversation starter. That's it. I mean, it it sounds simple, but actually, it's very effective. So before going to this exhibition, what is De- what, what does Daya want to say? Well, first of all, who are the people she has to meet with? Not just would like to meet with, but, you know, these are, it's non-negotiable. I cannot leave this room without having a conversation or collecting a business card from that person. That's the starting point. Figure out the who. And then what am I going to be able to say to them that is going to get them interested in me? So clearly articulating what it is that you do, what it is that you offer. And then having a, a conversation starter. So, what can I ask them? What kind of open question can I ask them is going to give me some information about them, and is going to get you know get us to have some engagement.
1: Mm, okay, thank you very much. So I know I, I promised you that I'm going to box all of this into one one hour. So I'm just going to take two questions. That's fine. The first no, one is no, coming no, I from. Can,
0: I can I can gift you another ten minutes, John Paul. Okay,
1: That's- okay. <laughs> thank you very much for your for your generosity and graciousness. So we have one question from Emmanuel, and he's saying, "What message? What tip do you have for the introverted people and the shy people among us?" Okay. That's the first one. Yeah. The second question is coming from Will, Will, Broad, Will Broad from Smart Havens Africa in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you walk into an event, and before you even start a conversation with this person, you had targeted from the beginning. They just tell you, we don't have anything in common. I'm not interested. How Essentially, I think the question is, how do you overcome that kind of rejection? And in fact, turn it around to still maybe somehow recover from that situation and still get what you want. From somebody who thinks they don't want anything from you, they don't need anything from you, but from your vantage position, you actually think there's a potential there. How do you handle? So the first one, introverted, shy people. The second one, somebody who thinks they don't need anything from you.
0: Okay, so I'm glad the question about introverted, shy people was asked. You know, this is why a lot of people hate um, networking because in their mind, it's about making small talk and, you know, generally just feeling quite uncomfortable. My big thing is there is a networking style that aligns to everyone's personality. Okay. You have to accept that networking is something you're going to have to do, right? But you don't have to be, you know, the loud, energetic, gregarious, here I am, everybody talk to me person. It goes back to my original point about authenticity. So being really clear what are my values? What are my passions? What are my superpowers? If I'm an introvert, then the likelihood is I may not be a very good speaker, but I am probably a very good listener. And so my preparation for a networking event will be to focus less on what I'm going to say. So I'll have a, you know, I'm, I'm someone that I like to script. I like to have a, you know, a few things in my back pocket just so that it gives me confidence. So I think if you're quite a nervous, shy person, even just doing the work of writing down what you're gonna say before you go out, that just gives you a confidence. Hi, my name is Cynthia and I'm lead consultant at LGC Africa. It's based in the UK, whatever it is, three sentences. But then I would focus more on the questions I'm gonna ask to ensure that I can engage in the thing that makes me comfortable listening, and allows the other person to speak. So I would then, then the onus is on that person. So, you know, you can just, I mean, this is so easy to do, just really sitting and thinking, what what kind of open questions can I ask so that this person then starts telling me about themselves and, and then all you have to do is sort of, you know, listen intently and engage and look interested. So for the introvert, I think that is the approach is Have a little script so that you have some confidence and comfort in the, even if you're going to say one sentence, have a script, and then focus on the questions that you can ask. One of my favorite um, proverbs is a Turkish proverb that says, if listening, sorry, if speaking is silver, listening is gold. Okay. If speaking is silver, listening is gold. Listening is the most powerful networking tool there is lots of people get it wrong and think actually it's about speaking it's about how I present myself and you know really looking at like I'm the life and soul of the party it isn't it's about listening so if you're an introvert you're almost at an advantage because you're probably likely to be a better listener than the person who just literally has to clamp their mouth so they don't talk while the other person has five minutes to speak Um, so I would really focus on playing to your strengths, which is, you know, being a good listener. So ask, figure out, you know, some questions and it could be something as simple as, you know, what brings you here? You know, why are you here today? Or what do you think about this current affairs, you know, development, you know, whatever it may be, just have a couple of questions and, and go with that. So that would be my response to the introvert. Um, and then the second, sorry, what was the second question again? The second part of that?
1: The second question is, so you're at an event and then before you approach the person or just, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay. So I I mean, this is, it's a tricky one. I think it's, well, it's a tricky one and not. I think the main thing to, to always be aware of is networking is never a waste of time. Okay. It's always worthwhile. Even if someone turns you down and says, no, thanks. I think it's really important to think about where that person is on their journey, um, in order, it, cause that will influence how you receive the response. So in networking and relationship building, there's kind of, there's the favorability journey that goes from recognition to reputation, to relationship, to result recognition being, does this person even know who I am? Are they interested in me? reputation being, do I have something that, you know, something that's established, some expertise that's of interest to them. And then you get to relationship and ultimately result. Now, if somebody comes, if you come to somebody and, and, you know, they say, no, thanks. I've got, you've got nothing interesting. I'm not interested. It probably means that on that favorability journey, they're not even at recognition stage. So for you, you can take a step back and think, OK, well, you know, that that's, that's fair. They're not interested in me, but it, it's not personal. It just means I right now I have nothing that is of interest to in them. So the way I would address it is then, well, what can I do to be recognized? What is it that I need to sort of do so that if I meet this person in six months time, they might then be interested in me? So I, again, I I always see this stuff as a continuum. I never, I think taking it, you know, taking it very personally in the moment and thinking, well, the person wasn't interested. So if I ever see them again in a networking event, I'm never going to, you know, no, that doesn't work, you know, so understand where they may be on their favorability journey in terms of, do they recognize you? Do you have a reputation? Because you have to kind of establish those two bits first before you get to the relationship bit and ultimately the result. So if somebody rejects me at a at, at that kind of event I would just graciously say okay well you know thank you um I walk away. I I just don't I just think it's really important not to take that stuff um personally but also not to quit. You know don't just give up and think well it might just be that they're not interested right now. Doesn't mean that they're not interested at all.
1: Okay. Great 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 stuff. I, I in fact it looks like you you put in some major nuggets of gold right there just in the end. I like the whole favorability journey thing, right? From recognition to reputation to relationship and 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 results. So so right now we're really pressed for time and I really want to respect your your time. So I'm just going to round this up by, by thanking everyone who's come here. And I want to ask, there are two closing questions. The first one I think you've already answered, which is what could you possibly have been in this world if you were never a lawyer? Would I be right to say musician?
0: Yeah, I wanted to be an opera singer. So um, when I was at university, I used to do do opera, and I was going to be, you know, in my mind, I was going to be the first big, you know, Nigerian opera singer. Didn't quite happen. So I would probably go back to (laughs) (laughs) I'd go back to that, or maybe I'd be a, a choir director or something like. Definitely something to do with music for sure.
1: Oh, definitely with music. Interesting, yeah. interesting. And what is the perspective you have about life or business that many people may not agree with?
0: Oh, um, this is an interesting one. I think working. Okay, so I think lots of people talk about working smart. Okay, lots of people talk about just yeah being focused on working smart. And I'm I'm a great believer in working hard. I think that there's a there's there is real dignity and real honor in working really, really hard, um, and paying your dues. Um, so lots of people are looking for life hacks. You know, what's the quickest way? What's the, how do I get to the end result really quickly? What's the fastest way to do this, that, and that I, I really am someone who embraces sort of the journey of going through things of developing true expertise of, so, and I think that's, that can be slightly controversial because even within my family, we have this argument all the time. You know, people are always like, "Oh, work smart, work smart, find the quickest way," and I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't agree. I think working smart is very important. I think you know, we we can all find ways of working smart, but I'm a great believer in working hard, really grafting. Because I, I just for me, there's just huge dignity um, in in being able to do that. I think probably the other thing I would add to that, which is linked, is um, being a reinventor of self. So I am someone who I will, I mean, people always say, wow, okay, you're doing this now. Oh, you're doing that now. I just, I, I believe in just con- constantly evolving and reinventing yourself. Um, and I guess that's tied to sort of working hard. So I i, I love to squeeze as much out of life as I possibly can John Paul you'll know this because every time we have a text message I have about 20 different things that I'm trying to get done it all at the same time <laughs> <So> that, <laughs> you know lots of people want an easy life I think what the point I'm making is you know what lots of people want an easy life they want to just you know come see si, come say let's just see how it goes and I'm not like that I'm the total opposite I want to I want to go hard I want to go in I want to I want everything that life has to offer
1: so hmm. In- interesting. That's a that's a really unpopular opinion. Working it hard. Is. <laughs> because these days nobody, very few people want to work hard. We just want you know the quickest way out. So it's a very unpopular, unpopular opinion. Yeah. And the reason I say this is besides raising money, the second business problem that many of my clients and even students face is finding good people. People yeah. don't want to work to any decent salary, they don't want to be patient to build something, they just yeah. want to be, they want to be the boss today. They want to be the ogre now. They want to get to the top of the ladder today. So it's a very very unpopular unpopular, um, position. And I like to be the underdog. So I'm totally aligned with you in working (laughs) hard because it's also my own principle. I I prefer, I think if I can outwork people, then maybe the smartness can be that extra that that pushes me beyond the line. A couple of people, we have quite an interesting community here. A couple of people have been asking, you know, why don't you sing us a few lines of opera? Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> I think i think we're going to save that for another day and for maybe, those of you who us, maybe, yeah maybe that maybe, okay, maybe yeah.
0: my my next recording i'll um i'll show you i'll share a link with you
1: <laughs> yeah this is a this has been a very exciting i think it's one of it's going to be one of those recordings that many of us here are going to be watching it say three or four years from today when we have that big event, where we think networking is going to be important, so for those of us who joined this late, the recorded version should be uploaded latest by tomorrow in the members area. You can watch and rewatch as many times as you as you want. Um, the way our paths cross, I and Cynthia, very interesting, and many of the things as she was talking, I was just nodding my head because I have been I have been in her lab. She's done most of these things already. The the cross-pollinating, the doing for the other person first, all of all these things. So I can speak to the practicality of of, uh, most of these things. So I really want to thank you, uh, Cynthia, for spending this time with our community. And you can be sure that many of the things that you've said here, people here are likely going to start implementing them from today because here we are action-oriented. We don't have the liberty or luxury for theory. We're looking for things that can give us results. So that's why I'm always looking for people like you who can give us practical insights and things that actually work. So thank you very, very much for being a thank part of you. our Mastermind session today. And I look forward to another opportunity in the future to have something like this. Thank you very much. Um, thank
0: you so much. And it's lovely to be, to meet all of you. So thank you very much for the time. Thank you.
1: I, I forgot to ask you, if people want to follow you or they want to follow your work or continue yes. from here, what, what's the best way to connect with you?
0: Um, we're basically, I'm on every social media platform, so I can share, I have a social media contact card, but I'm on Instagram at Loren Gold Africa. We're on LinkedIn, um, LGC Africa. So the, the name of the company is either Loren Gold or LGC Africa. If you Google us on all social media platforms, we're there, but I can send a social media card, um, after the session for people to connect, please do connect. Cause I, you know, I really do genuinely believe in the power of the network um, of working the network. And, you know, like I say, if there are things that I can do to facilitate introductions that help you, um, I'm very committed to that. I'm very proudly an Africa focused, you know, person, business owner. And so, you know, I do believe that we, we, we grow by helping each other. Um, so please do connect. I'm also for those on Clubhouse, I'm on Clubhouse a lot. Um, I'm really trying to encourage other people to get involved in Clubhouse because I think that's going to be a very powerful tool for us as African business owners. Um, So, yeah, connect with me there. But I can send some details and just, yeah, reach out for sure.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So you're, you're free to... Leave the stage as you may. We (laughs) still have a couple of catching up to do. We do this once every month, so I haven't seen some faces in quite some time. I'm hoping we can quickly catch up and then we'll round up. But you're free to yeah. Thank you very much for for joining. Yeah,
0: thank you so much, and I'll speak to you all again soon.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs. For special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.